Hello world, thank you for tuning in to another episode of No Limit Radio, the world's best podcast, hosted by yours truly, King Wizzle. I'm joined by a very interesting person here. Go ahead, introduce yourself. What's up, y'all? My name is Oshawa Suge. I'm from California. Um, a little background about me. Uh, I went to school in um, Anaheim slash Costa Mesa for high school. And for community college, I went to Orange Coast College. And my I finished my last two, two years of undergrad at Western Kentucky University. I am currently in the DMV at George Mason University studying MPP, Masters in Public Policy. Okay, sweet, sweet. I'm gonna go by, we're just gonna go by Asha Dope. Yeah, IG, that's, uh, that's, that's my street name, Asha yeah, Dope. Yeah, yeah, we're Period. gonna go with that. We're gonna go with that. <laughs> so uh, you say you're from Cali, talk about Cali. And just yes, I'm from Cali, like. the best. Like how do you find your side. way to, how you find your way to the DMV? Like how does that happen? Like you miss a few exits, like. Bruh, I missed a lot of exits. <laughs> Right, like. ended up in the DMV. Um, honestly, I joined speech and debate when I was in community college, Sweet. and um, I found myself in Kentucky because Western Kentucky University is the top school in speech and debate, so ranked one in the nation. Swag. Um, and I got a full scholarship, so I located over there because obviously you follow the money, and I followed the money. All about and the then Benjamins, I came, right? Period. <laughs> Yeah. And then I came here because I'm also um, getting my school funded, and I also coach the speech and debate team at George Mason University. What's that like? I remember you we talked off air about your experiences with that. You know, it's it, it can be hard, like working around um, people who come from a different background than you. You find a lot of like difficulties in communication. So it, it's been a journey because my coaching staff is predominantly white. So for us, it was like, oh, there comes a black woman. She's going to educate us on racist stuff or yeah. stuff that we shouldn't say. Yeah. Um, so overall, it's kind of exhausting, but I can say that I can see them progressing as people and um as educators learning how to be better yeah and, and that's better. what matters i mean it's not about whether or not you're going uh you know change the whole situation overnight right mm -hmm. this is all about progress and getting the results that you're looking for so exactly. that eventually it will get there right and that kind of like you can use that as fuel to you know ultimately keep going not mm -hmm. only start it but just keep going and keep the ball rolling so that maybe for um for you know reasons like that maybe unforeseen uh, you know, somebody could, you know, come in and pick up where you left off. And exactly. Take it further, right? Exactly. So and that, I know um, I've been like, I'm the first black woman uh, that they ever hired. So it's already been a change. Amazing. Like me stopping in, like me um, holding my ground. It's been a very, very interesting type of like change slash environment because they've never been exposed to that type of, right. you know, assertive black woman yeah 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 i mean so don't kill me i always felt like you know um what i guess like you said assertive black people right a black woman an assertive black woman like i always never disagreed with what it is that they wanted to you know uh what's the word for it coach people on you know in the sense of like you know uh societal norms and stuff like that or things that they do that may be problematic or something like that i never really ever disagreed or you know it's just mm. it, for me it was always how they went about it in the sense of super aggressive super you know like aggressive like you know um mm. for me just coming like putting myself in a person's shoes of like you know who may not know better and is being told you know what the way might be or something like that i always kind of like 
me as who I am, I always felt like it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming at me trying to coach me up and tell me what's going on, um, I want to be told in a, in, a, in a sort of a pleasant way, in a sense, not being yelled at and being like ripped to a new one. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, I completely understand. But like being assertive and being aggressive are two different things, right? Okay. Um, being assertive is being direct, saying what you feel, how it is, stating the facts that is being assertive. Whereas if you're aggressive, if you are communicating in a passionate way, that necessarily isn't aggress uh, uh, being aggressive. That's technically a microaggression because black women have been seen as the aggressive as people who are loud and crazy whereas that's just their form of communication that's interesting you actually used a, a nice little proper sat word microaggression which uh weirdly enough i didn't even know what it was fully until, yeah <laughs> until we sat and talked about it so talk about that just for those who don't really know about okay. it Okay, so microaggression. So I actually haven't like I didn't know about it until like my coach who was a black man um, taught me it. Um, it. It's just like little incidents that are racist incidents, but they're very minor that you brush it off because it's all all these mini levels so saying someone hey you speak really good for a black person that's a microaggression right. or like you know saying um what is another example oh you look um you don't look like the black the typical black girl mm. right so like those are little microaggressions that are very problematic in nature because they have the set ideal of what america is supposed to look like or what black people are supposed to sound like and if you go against that idea it's just like well you're not the typical black woman type of thing right um um, so it's like little racist incidents that be, that be, that can become micro um, to a level where it's just like blank racist. Mm. And we, I remember I told as you were telling me about this, it was like uh, I uh, associated it with passive aggressive ism, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's like stuff that you kind of have to be aware is going on. You have to be sort of like aware and paying attention to these type of things. Exactly. Most of the time, they will go unnoticed. Exactly. And you won't notice it until you start getting irritated, right? You don't understand why that person is irritating you, but you know you, every time they say something, it's irritating. Yeah. So, like, it's because you don't know the term, you don't understand what the term is doing to you, but once you acknowledge the term and you teach others, um, then they're fully aware. Um, I know I taught my class and my colleagues about, like, microaggressions, and I said, hey, y'all, like, these things are real. Like, calling a black person is soulful is a microaggression. Doing X, Y, and Z is a microaggression. Yeah, you said soulful, and I was like, when you said that, I was like, what's wrong with being called soulful? Like, yeah, because they associate that with black, right? They okay. wouldn't call a white person soulful, okay. but they will call a black person soulful, right? So he right. had the opportunity to call all these people something, but instead he said, Asha is yeah. soulful. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I don't even like soul music. Like, what? Like, I, I, I'm not soulful. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm passionate. You couldn't say, you could say I'm passionate or I'm doing all these things. I'm hardworking. But instead, you, you use the term soulful um, and also like labeling a black person lazy. Right. Like when educators use that term, it, it's it, it's extremely a microaggression because systematically, like what black people have been called throughout history was lazy. Right. Okay. That is how they use that term to further dehumanize them, to further tell them they are not capable of doing greatness. Right. OK. I understand. But then, OK, so you said like in teaching, like to, to to describe somebody as lazy is typically to describe a black person, correct? Yes. Because so how would you describe, I guess, s sort of describe maybe somebody who's white? That way, white educators won't lazy. use those terms, right? They, they, won't, say? they would say you're not working hard enough. Mm, OK, 
That's different. I didn't think that. I thought I thought lazy was just kind of like a broad term or a general term that you know everybody would be used to, to describe just about everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, not really talking about the color of their skin, but I, I I could see it. I could see the correlation in a sense. Um, so you said you came up in uh, California and then you went into uh, you went to Kentucky to learn about speech. Yes. Yeah, so I got my undergrad. What was that in like? Just talk about that for a little bit, because you know Kentucky is a it's a it's a pretty traditional or it may not be let's just say uh progressive modern, yeah modern progressive you yeah. know kind of with the times no 100 percent. Right? so it's what not was that like as like just talk about like what that was like as far as um being a black muslim woman right man <laughs> honestly every day every- all of y'all been asking me why am I there, and I would ask myself the same question because I was like, <laughs> these people are crazy. Like right. it wasn't like whereas in Anaheim it was like subtle racism, right? They yeah. they wouldn't show it, they just wouldn't hire you, right? Yeah. They they wouldn't. Whereas in Kentucky they will call you the N word in front of your face. Yeah, they would literally say the N word with the E R. Get out of my restaurant. I had to. I I was literally kicked out of restaurants because I was black. And you know I didn't fight them. I wanted to fight really? them. Really? So in like. In today's generation, yep. Yep. you are literally being kicked out of a, yep. a restaurant. Yep. And there are laws against people who are LGBTQA wow. that they can literally dismiss them. Like they can, because of that certain law, they can discriminate against those group of people as well. So like Kentucky is slowly getting progressive, but it's like you can't really get progressive if you don't have the right diversity there, right? If you don't have all these people talking about their lived experiences, telling them, hey, like this is wrong. Like why don't we move forward instead of taking 10 steps back? That's a shame. That's a shame. So I mean, you got through it. I uh, as it was, it was a very, very interesting two years. It was, it was hard, but by the end of the day, you know, I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know my goals. I know what I needed to do to get where I needed to be. So for me, it was just keep your head down, move forward, and don't mind like and mind your business, right? So it wasn't even about the like. It wasn't really mainly. It didn't really have too much of a factor. Um, the fact that you were a Muslim with your treatment. I guess for me, it was like a double negative, right? So right. like being black and being Muslim. But the first thing they saw was my skin color, course, right? And then they associated that with the hijab. So like yeah. not only was I a, a visible black person, I was also a visible Muslim person. Um, but for them, like the way I would wear my hijab would throw them off because, you know, they just didn't know <laughs> a lot. Right. Um, so I would be in class and they would say like very ignorant, very racist things. And... I would always be that one. I was literally the only black person in class majority of the time. Just, What's the most racist or, you know, outlandish thing you've heard in class? Oh, my God. There's so many. <laughs> I just, I, pick like, you know, I even had professors one. say like things that, you know, Muslims deserve this, this and that. You know what I'm saying? Like there is just so many things. Um, but it took a person like me being in those those classes to like educate them to be like, hey, not all Muslim people are like this, you know, and like not all black people are like this. But it, it was crazy that in 20, when I was 2016, 2017, 2018, the two years that I was there, it, it, one person, just one person educating them. So like it, it was very at one point, I obviously felt bad because I, I know a lot of them didn't know. And I, I know a lot of people that I'm really good friends with who just grew up in areas that were 
very racist and like that was their way of life right so like they didn't know they were oppressing anybody because there was no black people to oppress right there's no they, they would say these things yeah. and they just never knew so I, I there was just so much I, I don't even know i don't even know if it's appropriate to say no i think appropriate it's long, <laughs> they're, no they're, radio, they're crazy man. i was like bruh i'm crazy don't talk to me crazy like yeah no 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 no. but i mean for me it's just you know you can say just about anything here's no limit radio um where we literally no embrace just about <laughs> unless anything. you need a job unless then there is job. limits <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's true well i do commend the strength that it must have taken to get through such a you know a, a really tough time like that you know i i can't really even imagine being um a young black muslim to sit there and try and get you know a legitimate accredited education in an area or a situation where you know it's predominantly not very informed Mm -hmm. i'm gonna call it like that they just for like you know i mean uh just like a better term but like to sit there and come up in that time where nobody really knows any better you know mm-hmm. and this is the first this is probably one of the first and probably only times that you know because let's think about it who's really going to go to kentucky like what's going on in kentucky? right they were like my mom was like what do you what, why are you going i said i don't know i'm just following the money they're top in the nation yeah. i love speech and debate i want to get into policy so that's where i go right yeah um it was just it was an interesting journey a lot that I'm going to write about in books to come, inshallah. Oh, can't wait. I can't wait for the <laughs> I'm book. about to be like, y'all don't know every single day what I had to go through. Yeah. yeah. And y'all going to know. <laughs> so talk about, you studied, You said you studied forensics and speech. Talk about that and what it is and, you know, why you went into it. Yeah. So, okay. So for speech, um, it, I'm a very, I would call myself a social activist, you know, like I'm all, very, very involved, very, you know, pro this, pro that. Um, so for me, getting into speech and debate was ideal, right? Like I, I saw the performance aspect of it. I saw the beauty of learning how to speak to people, you know, in a very like uh, different way because every every person has a different way of understanding things. So the beauty of speaking to people in all these different forms. Um, And I just loved all these topics. Like when they talk about like uh, ignoring Muslim victimhood, you know, like the travel ban, like all these immigration policies, all these things that I want to get into further in my field. It's something that I was very, very like, that that was i was very passionate about like i was protesting it since made I sense was, for you it basically. made sense to me right. it, it made it clicked to me so like it, for me it was it was such a blessing getting introduced because i had six professors hunt me down to take this speech and debate course i was like what what am i gonna do with speech and debate they right. just you know that's weird what yeah. like you, i'm gonna argue like i ain't got time but i love to argue i love to like learn about different parts of like arguments and how that go into yeah and how like there like can that, be right. gray areas like that's something that i'm like very very passionate about um so like going to speech and debate and doing well in it was ideal for me because that's where the money was you know like coming from a background where education wasn't gonna get paid for for my family i had to find other ways so like I got good at something I crafted my 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 passion and I got the rewards like I got the scholarship and now I'm in a master program which is also getting paid for so like for me it was like I'm so thankful alhamdulillah because I I don't know where I would have been without speech I know I would have been in a different space headspace you know because obviously God has a plan in everything yes um 
But I think it was so dope that like speech found me and then it molded me into this person that I am today. That's amazing. All praise to the most high for that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it literally could have went any other way. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it went this way for you, though. It's it, it looks like it's working so far. So um, but that's awesome that you say that uh, you basically found something that you realize or recognize that you're really good at and you wanted to basically fine tune it take it to step further and 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 really expand on this skill that you naturally have mm-hmm. you know in a field that you know may not necessarily pay the biggest bucks you know it may not pay like a doctor it may not pay as like a, a politician or um things that pay like that right mm-hmm. respectfully but um, i do want to get into politics you do and that's how it. speech and debate helped me there you go because through that i now can go into fields where I can hold that position of power. I can create change, you know? So like, uh, it, it literally that one in that one professor who was this beautiful black woman who was like, you are good at speech and debate. You can argue, you can hold the conversation, you can articulate very well. And I want you to do this activity. And it wasn't, if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I would be. Right. 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 <laughs> Probably back in it Cali, honestly. It wasn't scary though. Like, you know, just knowing that like, Hey man, um, I know I'm good at this. Cause I mean, I feel like a lot of people, uh, sort of give up maybe on things that they may necessarily be good at or in- really, really strongly interested in just because of the fact that there's pressures, you know, for example, family, society that, you know, may make them think that, you know, because this doesn't pay so well, let me go ahead and drop whatever this is that I want to do, like art, like music, like anything like that. And then Mm -hmm. just go into a more traditional or practical profession, something that they may not like as much, Mm -hmm. you know, just so that they can keep the lights on in their house, you know? So that must have taken a certain level of strength to, you know, recognize that a, uh, a lot of self-reflection too you could say right because mm-hmm. you, you had to reflect and understand who you are as a person to recognize that hey i'm really good at this talking thing like i can really yeah. sit there and conversate with people and get thoughts out so that's amazing mm-hmm. uh super dope. and it's all about passion like follow your passion like the money will come you know what i'm saying like the money is you, you just do. you just gotta like god got you like if you follow your heart if you follow your your passion and what you are good at money comes and goes you know what i'm saying so like there are some lawyers who are bankrupt like who don't have money they because found of, a way to mess it all up you know what right. i'm saying like there is so many ways where things can go messed up but if you trust allah if you trust yourself if you trust the journey like everything is going to unpack inshallah i love that i yeah. love that that's amazing so you said this one thing um how, uh earlier that kind of i want to talk about what do you think about uh you said um that like i guess the word nigger was used a lot um back back in kentucky uh what do you think about i guess um how do i talk about or like introduce this how what do you think about people who don't identify as black saying the word nigga what do you think about that because we had a pretty interesting conversation about that i want to talk about it for a little bit yeah i i'm just i don't think anyone who isn't black anyone who isn't visibly like is 
institutionalized, you know what I'm saying? Anyone who doesn't look the part shouldn't say the word. Right. But at the same time, I understand why certain people say the word. Does that okay. make sense? Like when you when you're from like a certain economic background, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's say the Bronx, like there is Latinx people. There's all these people who grew up around like, you know, certain lingual, certain ways of saying certain words, you know, and they say it freely. I'm not saying it's OK, but it gives it a background. Right. So. I, I I'm very uneasy. I'm very uneasy when it comes to that word because I don't like you said. I don't agree when people say it. Um, and it all it's all about intentions, I guess. Right. Like if your intention is to suppress black people, if you are using that word to say you are less than me, like what white people did, yeah. then I then I a hundred percent you should have used that word. But like if you grew up in that environment, I, I don't use know. Use it in the terms of endearment, right? Like yeah, but even like then, I'm just it. like that word is just if it ain't for you don't use it yeah. if it ain't your people don't do it you right. know what i'm saying right but see okay so for me i stand in a space where i feel if you put on your job applications uh that you know what you identify as anything other than black or african-american you should not be able to uh participate in conversations using words like that yeah you know yeah. um just you know just so you can fit in because a lot of people usually say it just because they want to use it as a means or just they feel like they can say it because they want to fit in the, you know the situation that they're in yeah right? um you said latin people latin people they have their own category on these applications you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh they did not you know experience their people you know the people the generations before them did mm-hmm. not experience um the different struggles that you know african-american people experience Mm -hmm. so therefore when we do you know unfortunately i don't feel like people should use it regardless you know as an determinative as a term of endearment or not uh when we do use it right uh i don't feel like you know people who are not black should be able to say it period you know and you know uh i've had conversations where you know for example an arab right a person from the middle east who who identifies with the struggle because they are they feel like because they are muslim um they feel as though they have some sort of uh you know i want to say right but they feel like they are should be allowed to say that yeah i agree i just i mean i disagree i think arabs should a hundred percent not say it right like but what makes them different than you know people from uh latin america being allowed to not say it because like you described you said you described earlier that you know there are people who you know this is the setting that they came up in right Mm -hmm. a community that they came up in for example takashi 69 right the Mm -hmm. prominent rapper he came up in new york you know in a in a community that's predominantly black right Mm -hmm. um where everybody basically says that word you know as in a term of endearment right yeah and you know that's all he knew so in turn you know uh he should be allowed to say like you said correct so there are Arabs, there are people who are Middle Easterns, there's people who are Asians, you know, there's people who uh, are not black, who, you know, may have came up in similar situations. Should they be allowed to say it too? I think for a lot of those groups, they still oppress black people. So like for them to use a word that further marginalize and further like dehumanizes a group of people, I don't think there should they should be allowed to use it, period. Like period um but that's that's just a gray area a lot of people have different opinions on it like i personally think you shouldn't use it unless you're black but at the same time there are so many people that like would disagree does that make sense so yeah i i I think that word is not for your community if it's not for your community don't say it like 
they black people have reclaimed that word in order to say f you to white supremacy f you to the nationalist right and then say this is our word now like this is us reclaiming that part of history because you guys used it to further dehumanize us right 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 um do you don't feel though as though like maybe there could have been other things that we could have like you know said f you to you know white supremacy why don't we just kill the world altogether? white supremacy no i'm saying the word itself like the n-word right that, that's not together. my place to say honestly right? that's not my place to say i can't get rid of a word that's not like you know what i'm saying that's that the i don't think that's my place to say I feel it. I feel it. I I just wanted to talk about it just because of the fact that I just find it super cringe, like worthy. No, it pisses me off because I don't think their intentions are like you know they're they're more of like I want to fit in, like I'm gonna say because you're my black friend and yeah. you know I'm trying to giggle and no yeah. no don't giggle go over there if you want to giggle with somebody else like you know right. what I'm saying like right like it's it's weird man like okay so say fine say in a you know in a world where that may be acceptable somebody who who came up in his you know community that's predominantly black and this is all they know and you know that's okay that he says that word all right that's fine but there are people in you know the northern virginia area for example who are you know lived a pretty you know pleasant life right privileged life you could call it that. You could call it that, but <laughs> not not too much struggle going on in their life, right? And uh, when they would get around, you know, other people of color, uh, they feel empowered or comfortable enough to use that word in conversation. What would you say to the ones who are uh, maybe like the black people who let that stuff slide? I mean. <sighs> I can't speak for all of them. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. can't really go and be like, yo, why didn't you say anything? Why are you letting him say all these things? Right. Whereas like maybe they were trained to not say things. Maybe they are trained like mentally to be like, I'm going to let this person pass because he's my friend. He is doing better in society. I'm going to make sure I have him for networking. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many factors to why people don't say certain things. Um, it's just I, I wouldn't know what the factors are, right? Right. I feel it. I feel it. I don't know. I'm not going to lie, though. For me personally, at first, once upon a time, I used to live in a world where I didn't really care whether or not a person of Middle Eastern descent or, you know, somebody from, you know, Eastern Asia, you know, would say it from time to time. I just didn't care, you know, just because of the fact that, hey, man, they, they, they are marginalized in their own sense um and if they feel comfortable enough to say it then why not right but i have been since educated and i've you know i, I understand what it means for somebody who is not black to sit there and participate in a privilege that i feel like only black people should be able to you know benefit from in a sense maybe yeah. right not benefit from but reclaim reclaim right yeah reclaim. yeah yeah it's a shame yeah i don't know it's not it's not for them they shouldn't speak on it period point blank period yeah basically nobody but that, got time right, don't do right. it around me you you will get cussed out like don't do it around me don't do it around you know what i'm saying like there's some people that let it slide and that's good for them if they want to do that but like there are certain black people that you're gonna come across that you're gonna be like no i ain't gonna say the word because you know the consequences right like i'm not the one to do i'm not the one i'm not the one i'm not period. the one period no questions asked <laughs> i love that so I, remember, I, I know we wanted to talk about another thing sort of something sort of to uh talk about or let's, let's unpack this i know you wanted to talk about the whole 
debate or the conversation of uh traditionally african american people and the at like the traditional african uh community right like i know there's a divide there we recognize that there's a divide there yeah what do you, what do you think about that i mean i just think society keeps dividing us like right? i think people need to understand that when the cop pulls us over they see our skin color right so be to be divided just does not make sense in a system that was built to divide us and on top of that silence us right so like um when black people or when africans say well you know uh black people do this that, that and then when black people say well africans are this this and that like it's like bruh like we are all here now right yeah. like we are all suffering the same like it yes there are ex like different levels of suffering yeah but at the same time it's like we need to acknowledge that in this society we are oppressed because of the system that was built to oppress people who look like us so to fight doesn't make any sense right like they want fight us to ourselves exactly right. to, yeah it don't make no sense like just because you know black people have literally been kidnapped and like killed and like all this stuff just to be in this country and they also built this country just to further oppress them right. like we need to acknowledge that and also acknowledge that we also came here with a system that was supposed to oppress people who look like us so the cop don't care if you are ahmed or if you are a um but what's see, it called it's odd that you say that because i've si I've sat in a conversation with you know another individual and they said well you know the idea that was being uh discussed was a police officer can look at the driver's license and driver's license and it will look just off the name uh it can you know, change the overall experience of whoever it is that's getting pulled over. So an Ahmed, you know, Ahmed, uh, Musa, whatever, right, may ex have a different experience than, you know, saying a Deshaun, whatever, Deshaun Johnson. Exactly. Person. But the, but when they pull it up, they see a black person before they see the name. They see a black person. Right. That's true. Like, so just because there are different levels of oppression doesn't mean that it doesn't, exist, it right? doesn't yeah. exist. You know what I'm saying? That's like, true. yes, being a african who you know who has like somali descent who is somali who has a somali name obviously you have another level of oppression that's there because you are muslim you are you know this form of a like that society oppresses you but you're also visibly black so that's what they see first right they Correct. see you you black then you muslim so that's a uh, double negative so like that's two oppressions on top of each other so we we need to understand as a collective as a group as black people as africans as a community that we will never move forward unless we stick together unless we like fight the battle together right. because it's oppressing all of us then we will never move forward you know so like that's why i love black panther black panther is literally my favorite movie like i feel like it talks about a lot of things and then all these things and just different like views of a lot of things that the african experience talks about the black experience talks about and like it in a way it was the first movie where like the the entire most the entire cast was black right like yeah. uh and it's kind of disappointing that there wasn't that many africans but whatever like you know that's hollywood and they need to start making sure that they cast the right people you know you can't just yeah, hollywood could use a little diversity you know what i'm saying diversity. like everybody needs a little diversity yeah you gotta uh, embrace this i love but, i love variety i love diversity i love period. you know what i'm saying it's, it's good you, you to ain't never gonna move forward, forward if you don't see other people's opinions if you don't see people 
people's viewpoints. If you don't understand their lived experience, you are. I don't think you're going to grow as a person because you're always going to think how you used to think. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. If we had a table or a council full of all the same types of people, you know, saying, for example, a fully African-American council. Right. How if we all came uh, from the same situations, from the same circumstances, we all kind of had similar lives. uh, How far can we really get? you know not far at all because i feel like we would sort of in its in a sense kind of maybe even create a false reality within ourselves um and i feel like we wouldn't be you know what i mean like i just feel like we wouldn't accomplish we would accomplish a lot yeah i wouldn't call it a false reality i would just call it the same reality right like it's they have the same lived experiences so like you can't move forward because it's like what what about the different point of views? What about the people who were successful? How did they get successful? It's How, a big world. What, what, yeah, you have to understand that there are levels to everything, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not just one dimension, one type of ordeal. Yeah, I love that. I love that. If you think that's something, I said it's sort of the divide between, um, you know, African-Americans and Africans, uh, people from African descent. Do you think that divide has been created by the system that we live in? A hundred percent. Okay. A hundred percent. Talk about that. When you literally come to this country, people tell you who not to be. They tell you not to be like the black people. Okay. They tell you to be like the Asians. Right. Right. right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when you already come in this country as immigrants, as our parents did, like people will tell you what not to be, what not to be. Right. And also like westernized stuff, like let's say the movies that people watch back home, always painting the 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 black person as the villain, the drug dealer, the this, this, that. You already are programmed to think that way. So when you come here, obviously you're going to be prejudiced. Obviously you're going to have these type of like, you know uh ideas of what a black person is that you don't want to be right right i feel that i couldn't i guess i couldn't agree with you more uh now knowing that the system is the way it is what types of things would you um i don't know what type of things would you sort of suggest as a community we should do to sort of combat these type of things that are going on um, I think education is where it starts at, to be honest. And a it's lot of people say that. <laughs> don't have access to education. Right. You know, like there are not that many black professors. There's not that many, you know, uh, people who lead discussions of different backgrounds. There's not that many people of color who are in this system helping these kids understand why things are the way they are. Right. So like for me, education is a big thing, I guess, because being at Mason and teaching a class, like I understand why all these students all these white students are learning from me to understand my point of view and why things are the way they are for me does that make sense so like if i wasn't there they would have never understood that like i had this one student who um said the n-word right he said it in a very like enduring way like he but he said the n-word and i had to explain to him how unacceptable that was right and his mind was like oh well i'm from like pennsylvania no he said tennessee my bad he said i'm from tennessee like these this is how like the people in my family this is how we act this is how we talk you know like i just never had a black professor tell Mm. me 
right? I've never had a black person tell me that, hey, this is wrong. So like, I think education is very important because it's like, how are people supposed to know if they don't know, if no right. one has taught them? Right. But don't, do you don't feel, because me, I agree with you 100%, mm-hmm. but I feel as though it takes a certain level amount of money um Mm -hmm. to really really change sort of the outlook of a community right so in order to change the uh education system and to you know put the right people in place to educate our community and society we need it takes money a hundred percent right yeah it does it needs a lot of money and you can even see our hbcus like that are completely going away because they don't have funding they're right? lacking the funding they're lacking right. funding right. so like imagine these historically black universities that are lacking funding so like how are are we ever going to move forward without the money right so yeah it, obviously money plays a huge factor and i a hundred percent think people should invest and make sure that they take care of their community because by the end of the day we only got us we really do. At the end of the day, we you said it best. Us. We really have ourselves. So um, I think all of us uh, do recognize and you know acknowledge that there is a system that is you know built and placed in front of us to keep us down. You know through ways of a plethora of different you know ways, whether it be you know uh, financially, edu- you know with the educational angle, uh, medicine. Uh, so many different you know drugs mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. um there's so much things that you know are put in place to keep us from getting to where we need to be mm-hmm. as a community uh but i've always felt as though money was the first thing that mattered i feel like money is what changes uh, a lot of different things and you know what uh, i just always felt as though um in order to get the education that we needed we need to you know fund the right people put them in the places that they uh you know where they need to be in order to get the education they need and that takes a certain amount of money um you know they always said if you ever wanted to change something in society you got to hit them where the money's at right uh there's some people who feel that way um so yeah i don't know we we could we could sort of disagree respectfully in a sense i feel like it starts with money for me for you it starts with the education which i think in in a sense kind of go hand in hand right yeah but like there's also public education right like so yes it comes with money and yes we obviously have to fund these programs in order for them to function but at the same time it's like you're right like money is everything but to a lot of people to a lot of people, right. but there's all these programs who are running without money yeah. just to educate people, right? Just so to like, just people. to educate people because they love it and they want people to be informed. Um, so like investing in people who you know want to volunteer after their nine nine to five, want to do all these extra things, you know, to help the community. Those people are also very important, even though we can't pay them. They know that they are a. It's going to be a good deed, right? You know, inshallah, God is going to pay you in the end um, for all the good deeds you did. So Hope like. So. You know, like just just putting that in your mindset, like you're helping people. That's yeah. what Islam is about, helping yeah. people. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and like preach like, oh, man, let's all be, you know, super, super uh, live like completely black, you know, support only black businesses, black schools, black everything, you know. Uh, but I do feel that we need to sort of redirect our attention. You know, I mean, I feel like enough of us acknowledge that there's a system right now it's like what should we should what we what should we do about it right Mm -hmm. and i feel like we should i know it's you know at this moment right now it is super hard 
to do that right to to put money into the things that really need attention mm-hmm. like hbcus and 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 and, and, and nonprofits yeah. that are trying to you know change things within our communities right mm-hmm. it's hard but i feel like in order to really really change things generationally in a sense of you know maybe things may not be all the way better by the time it's all said and done for me and you but for you know our children and their children and their children if we get the ball rolling now mm-hmm. it can really really be something different for you know the generations to come yeah i agree and you know there has been progress right, right. like there's been extreme progress has there is- been enough though there hasn't been enough, but at the same time, it's like the system keeps oppressing us. So right. like, you know, people keep moving forward and then people getting silenced. So like it's getting there. It's just we keep got to We the people who are willing to push need to keep pushing. Right. Yeah. There are people who are tired and that is OK. That is OK to be tired because yeah, it human. is. You know, yeah, right. it's it, you don't mentally burden yourself over things that, you know, that needs long term like results. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, as we get out of here, prepare to get out of here. It was, it was super dope and really fun talking to you and just kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. I don't feel like we agreed completely uh, with everything that we talked for about. For the most part, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for me, the idea of building, you know, this space with No Limit Radio, it was just sort of to embrace conversation, mm-hmm. um, embrace discussion. Uh, I feel like we live in a time right now where, you know, I feel everybody is in a space where if I'm in a conversation with somebody and they don't necessarily agree with whatever whatever it is that, you know, I feel or where I stand on certain things, we live in a space where people may not necessarily want to hear whatever it is that you are, you know, invalidate you in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? o- open conversation is very, very, being open-minded is very important, right? We are never going to change if we're not open-minded, if yeah. we don't understand people's backgrounds, if we don't understand why they think the way they think, right? right? right. Um, but, at the, but at the same time, it's like when those conversations become hostile, you have every right to exit. You have every right to be like, you know what? This is not mentally good for me, so yeah. I'm going to leave and maybe somebody else will come and handle how you communicate or educate you on why certain things are wrong or why certain things are problematic right i feel that i i could see what you're saying um what what do you think about like cancel culture and stuff like that like for example like what i just described i feel like is like sort of you know yeah like you could say something and and then you'll you you could say something and because i don't don't really agree with you it's like i don't want to hear why how you came to that conclusion it's just yeah that's it you're you're canceled yeah muted i do not want to you know completely invalidate everything that you stand for as a person yeah right no i don't i don't agree with the count cancels whatever people do or whatever um i do believe in chances though i believe that if the person messes up and you educate them and you tell them hey this was wrong maybe Maybe be better next time um and then they continue to be better i believe in that however if they continue their behavior that means they dismiss everything you said and they don't want to be better and that is okay so you just move on yeah, does that just, make sense yeah, right so like it, it's one thing to cancel somebody because they're not getting better right. and it's another thing to cancel somebody just to cancel them like i think that's not proactive at all like you're not really you know what are you really accomplishing what are yeah exactly person, right? without having like you know a sit down conversation be like hey like For you me? think this way like right. y- explain to me like right. explain why why you think you can say the n-word for example right and then you tell them well this word has historical context this is why you shouldn't say it and then maybe they that 
conversation will spark something and they're like you know what you're right Right. Or they say, you know what? I don't, I don't care. And then you're like, okay, bet. Yeah, yeah, me. You're canceled. I, I, I look for conversations <laughs> like these. No, I agree. <laughs> you done, bro? No, I agree. But what? I, typically, like for me, just, I, I like these type of conversations. I like to, you know, I don't want to talk to the same people, the people who feel the same way I feel about everything, mm-hmm. right? I know how I came to where I'm at in my life. I know what, like, what situations and scenarios happened. Uh, for me to become the person I am, mm-hmm. right? But I'm all about growth. I want to be the best person I can be. And mm-hmm. how can I do that if I don't really understand things that may nece- not necessarily, I may not necessarily understand. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So we have to talk to people. We have to engage in conversation, engage in discussion, because at the end of the day, we want to be the best people that I feel like we can be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Uh, I genuinely, yeah, period with a capital what, with a capital T, yeah, period, period, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, you know, before we get out of here, I definitely want. Um, I think it was amazing. It was a pleasure sitting here, actually chopping it up with you and just kind of, you know, briefly unpacking, you know, sort of things that I feel kind of matter and I feel like should be talked about. It was a. it was definitely fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. I hope you thank you so much back. for having me. Yeah. You are super dope. I, you know, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I hope uh, to everybody out there listening, you know, they sort of benefit, benefited from this to a certain extent, any extent, really. Um, and if you guys feel like we can, you know, further take it somewhere further, you know, this conversation or you guys want to even talk about it, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, reach out to either me or you know the dope asha dope right here yes right? asha dope period asha dope right <laughs> um so before we get out of here uh just go ahead and just drop your social medias if you want to be you yes. know you know give uh the audience or the the crowd the people how yes. they can keep up with you i have one ad- announcement um there's this black excellent exposition that's going on at george mason university um it's free it's february 25th Five uh five forty five p.m. Okay. Um, I think where I I think you're coming, right? Hopefully, I, I probably no. You better come. It's five forty five. Be there. My students are gonna be performing. You're gonna see a bunch of dope art and just a bunch of dope arguments and them expressing who they are. Um, and it would be a great show if people want to further conversations on blackness. Swag. Uh, definitely, most likely, probably would be there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, how can they how can they follow you on social media? You got an IG. Um, I, I know you're a poet, so I think <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Talk about that. Maybe you know what I'm saying? I know you'd be posting some fire uh pieces on your yeah, IG. Tell them I how love they can poetry. You. I'm gonna have some a book coming out soon. I'm not gonna drop the date yet, but I'm gonna date, have it. T B E. T B A. It's it's coming. It's almost done, inshallah. Um, I think my Instagram is Queen asha underscore underscore fire twitter asha dope say no more period and uh to everybody out there listening to you know yet another episode of no limit radio no uh, limit wanna, yeah, no limit the podcast yes uh, i just want to briefly thank every single one of you guys for listening to this and uh please feel free to shout us out subscribe rate the show uh, if you have any suggestions, feedback, or anything like that, please do not hesitate to you know reach out. Uh, follow us on our page on IG at No Limit Radio DMV. Twitter is the same, No Limit Radio DMV. And with that, oh yeah, Facebook is coming. I don't know. You guys, let me know if that's worth it or not, or anything like that. YouTube maybe too. I don't know. We'll see. But with that, I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all go. I'm gonna catch y'all when I catch y'all. Deuces.